Greetings and welcome back to St. Dominic's Weekly. I'm Father Isaiah, your host. With me, of course, is Father Michael. How are you? Bienvenidos a todos. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Bienvenidos a todos. Indeed, indeed. I mean, so, I mean, you gave a beautiful segue. I mean, here we are in the, just beginning the second week of Advent, and here we have a beautiful feast this week, especially for our brothers and sisters at, uh, at the St. Jude Shrine. So... Yeah. What is the big truth yeah, this week? The big truth, I think we're going to look at uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, which mm-hmm. feast day is tomorrow on Tuesday uh, of this week. The, uh, the big truth is the power that Our Lady has oh, to evangelize, indeed. right? Indeed. Yeah. She evangelizes, right? Oh, we're, yes. We're, we're, we're the ones who, in a sense, are an instrument of God's grace, but she, in this uh, apparition and the fruit of that gives us a kind of template for understanding, once again, the season of Advent, how we might await with joyful expectation Christ's birth in our lives, afresh and new. Yes. Uh, but she does that in a particularly um, maternal way. There's right, a, the, right. a, a real beauty and strength uh, of of kind of the, the feminine that, that comes through in this, right. in this beautiful uh, um, apparition. Yeah, I, I, indeed with uh, the very apparition itself is itself evangelical and the very advent season and it reminds us of all the things we talked about that last week with expectation and she as as our lady guadalupe in that great um image uh shows us expectation in a very particular way so yeah no and i i think a lot, last week talking about immaculate conception certainly uh, was reminded by folks about uh, the diocese and and uh, mm-hmm. how we as a diocese consecrated ourselves uh, to Our Lady in a very powerful way. People were excited. In fact, I think that continues to be the number one listened to, downloaded uh, podcast that we've done so far, all about Mary. Right. And so I guess now we're on our third Mary. We're just, we're just, we're, we're there. Our Lady speak, right? <laughs> so let's just go. <laughs> speaking, yeah, through, I, through, speaking through Our Lady. So this is part two Advent with our mom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mama's boys. Well, so, exactly. That's yeah. who we are. <laughs> so let's go through the story. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful story. I mean, one yeah. of my, I have to admit, one of my favorite stories that uh, of one of my favorite Marian stories is really this one. Yeah. And, and I think most listeners are probably familiar, at least with the general contours of the story. But I think there really is rich fruit in kind of taking day by day. The apparition takes place over four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are four different and actually four four different apparitions uh, to Juan Diego and, and one to his That's uncle. True. And there is, I think, spiritual fruit and wisdom to be gained by looking at each moment of encounter uh, because there's a development there. It tells a, there's a kind of a, 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 a narrative arc that yeah. also has a spiritual development. Right, and exactly. And lets us know that there's a sense in our own lives of, of, of pilgrimage and journey as Christ is coming to us. And we see this liturgically, too, because... Uh, uh, because uh, with uh, Our Lady Guadalupe being on the 12th, and then I think it's December 9th being uh, Juan Diego. So we kind of walk through those days in a very physical, hourly way as well. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's well, just to get in the apparition, the apparition begins uh, on December 9th, 1531. Mm-hmm. So this will be a day after the Immaculate Conception. Of course, the Immaculate Conception isn't until almost 300 years later, right? Or more, more than 300 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens, which just, just to pause for a moment, 1531, I mean, yeah. what's, what's happening? That, that's, 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 that's well, well before some of the other apparitions we've noted. Exactly, yeah. Lords, Fatima, mm-hmm. you name it, uh, yeah. Loretto, uh, the, the, yeah. uh, Catherine Labore. Right? Yeah. 
all all those things that are are so much um i didn't realize that until i actually this is kind of embarrassing to say but until i i was in formation until i actually realized that uh, guadalupe was a couple hundred years before uh the operations i know better yeah and such exactly no it's it's it, it is true i think there can be a general uh, idea that there's this great cluster of Marian uh, apparitions at the end of the 19th, beginning of the 20th century, mm-hmm. and we kind of throw Guadalupe into that bag. But but this is this is where the exploration of, of the new world was coming about. Mm-hmm. This is before Henry marries Catherine, and and you've got the whole <laughs> yeah. split in the church. This is sure. before that, you know. So this is this is the one of the very first um, Marian apparitions that really has. Uh, tremendous fruit as we're going to see. So it's that December 9th, that mm-hmm. that uh, morning, and there's a native to uh, the land who is getting up uh, to go and uh, participate in Mass. He yep. lives outside of what's now known as uh, Mexico City, mm-hmm. and so he's journeying to say Mass. And And you might ask yourself, well, you know, this is, this is the, the New World. Why are they having Mass? Well, the Franciscans had landed a mm-hmm. few years before and had tried... Uh, very, very earnestly and faithfully to evangelize. And they made some inroads, but very, very slow. I, I right. think if you look at the numbers, at least reported from the day, they were dealing with less than like 1% uh, or a point, uh, like a hundredth, a tenth yeah. of the percent of the population. The mission wasn't going so great. No, you, you, had, you had literally, they, they had baptized, you know, hundreds Mm-hmm. Maybe even dipped if you took them aggregately into into the thousands, but you have a population of several million, right. and they're not making even a dent. And the, and and mm-hmm. the, there's the, especially because let's just name it, uh, the Spaniards who were the political force mm-hmm. uh, behind the conquest of the New World did not treat the natives well yeah. in, in every way. Let's just admit that. And so there's no doubt that the natives saw the efforts of the Franciscans as being just, if you will, the religious arm of the political. Right you know, bent, and so it was very difficult to evangelize in those circumstances. There was no real distinction that was made between the spiritual gift versus the conquerors. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. Both in name, I mean, even at that time period in terms of politics, mm-hmm. but but even as would be understood by, by an outsider, too. So, right. so, right. so yeah, so it was, it was tough sledding. It was very difficult to, to preach uh, the gospel in all its form while uh, one was feeling like they were being burdened by uh, the, the political dynamic of the time. Right. So, so here we have this this Juan Diego, uh, Juan yeah. Diego who is part of this and has c- come to the faith, has ex- accepted mm-hmm. the faith, is uh, faithful and practicing. And on that beautiful morning, it, it described as being um, uh, just kind of a kind of one of those mornings you wake up and yeah. all is right with the world, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's kind of the fresh air, and then and he's 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 going by the the hill at Tepeyac there in Mexico City, and he hears beautiful singing. That kind of arrests yeah. his, you know, it's like oh, you're out for a beautiful walk. This, the sun is shining. There's a yeah. nice breeze in the air, and, and you hear the, the joyful. Something out of Snow White. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. A fairy tale. And he hears his name yeah. being called. And not just his name, Juan, but, but um, the diminutive form of his name. Juanito. Juanito, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's a little... Ayazito. I don't yeah. know what is the definitive diminutive form of Isaiah. I have no idea. But we know it's Miguelito. Miguelito, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Miguelito. Isaias. I, yeah, I'll just it's just hard to pronounce in the Spanish. Isaito. Anyway. <laughs> so, so maybe <laughs> so he hears he hears this this this, this youngish female voice calling mm-hmm. his name and amidst all of it, he says, I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. So he goes he goes to check it out and what he um, encounters or who he encounters 
is uh, this young woman who uh, says that she is the virgin mother of God and that right. she has a definite task for him to, yeah. <laughs> to do, and that is to go <laughs> tell the bishop that she wants a church built here, a yeah. basilica, in order that it might be a place, and this is, this is the mission itself. It's so beautiful. It's a, where all peoples can gather mm-hmm. to be able to worship the one true God. Right. So a place yeah. of peace. So we, what do you have politically? You've got, you've got violence, oppression, subjugation. You've got warring. And Mary wants to establish a foothold or a place right. yeah. of God's kingdom of peace mm-hmm. here through this, uh, through her, through her intercession, if you right. will. You right. know, you, you go back to those moments in the Bible where Mary says, "Do whatever He tells you." Right? Exactly, she becomes yeah. kind of the conduit of of the articulation of, of the of the of the good news of the kingdom. Right. So she tells uh, Juan, "This is this is this is your mission. Go be a messenger. Be my messenger yeah. uh, for that." And uh, so Juan goes to, you know, he goes to mass and he goes, heads down to, I guess, to whatever the, uh, whatever the state of uh, the chancery yeah. would be. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to visit goes the bishop. The bishop's Samaraga and, and everything goes so perfectly. No, exactly. Goes in. <laughs> the bishop says, oh, of course you had an operation. Let me, let me, let me, let me hire the contractors. Let's build this thing, right? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I mean, that would be a very boring story. No, <laughs> and a, not a very realistic one. No. I mean, can you imagine if so? I can. Someone comes in here, says, "Oh, I've got to see the pastor. I've just had you know this kind of apparition or voice tell me we need a we need a chapel built on the on the top of uh, Alta Plaza here at yeah. the park." You, you know, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna rush off and tell the city what we need, right? Yeah, didn't that happen last week? <laughs> exactly. Didn't so, somebody come in last so, week asking for that? So, 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 but lest we judge the the bishop uh, <laughs> that he was, you know, perhaps hard of heart or, or not and didn't have sufficient faith. Um, Let's look at it realistically. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone comes in, someone who you don't know, who's basically an unknown and native, yeah. has this kind of, frankly, kind of wild story. Mm-hmm. And so, the bishop, uh, we should name him. Um, he's a, he was. Um, Franciscan uh, Juan de Zamuraga, uh, mm-hmm. who was a bishop, and he is uh, uh, skeptical. I think would be, and, right. and and I think honestly and and uh, reasonably right. skeptical. Yeah. So, but but he doesn't actually. I, I don't even think he makes it in the door the first day. Just kind of the attendants say, "Oh yeah, yeah, come back, come back later. We'll hear yeah, you there." So, exactly, yeah. so I don't think the bishop even receives him. He doesn't even have a hearing. Just like some some kind of you know crazy guy, more or less, out in the lobby. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get away. So he goes back same day, December 9th, evening goes back home and on his way home meets the lady encounters the lady again and says hey you got the wrong one you got the wrong one can't do this <laughs> right you got the right are you serious exactly are you serious you know i i'm sure there are so many i want first of all if you why don't you not just appear to the bishop yourself right exactly like, why don't i go right to the top yeah. what's what's all this you know can you know what that echoes for me why can't we go directly to god when we pray oh Right? Why can't we go directly to God? Isn't that more efficient? I, well, why why go through all? What's all this business about the saints and going going yeah. through? So, so here's a spiritual principle for you as it, yeah. it comes up. God loves to work through intermediaries. He likes right. to work through others. He God can do anything God wants. Yes. With the if the with the proverbial snap, snap of, of the, fingers, of the yeah. divine fingers. Right. But that's not the way he wants. He he wants he wants to get more involved. Yeah. Right. He wants everyone part of the party. When he when we get when we get baptized, we get baptized into community, right? And That's so right. he wants to work through said community. Yeah, right? he wants to work so. through us all. So, so could Mary go right? I mean, could God go directly to the bishop and put on his heart? Sure, of course. But he he works, if you will, through his mother, and mm-hmm. his mother 
following that same general principle, almost like of subsidiarity or kind of, <laughs> right, kind of instrumentality, right, yeah. right, in a divine way, in a, in a spiritual way. So it's, no, she's going to choose someone who's totally out of the box, right? <laughs> so, it's sort of like what we talked about last week, that like the whole thing about defining immaculate conception really came from the body of Christ. That's right. Same yeah. thing with here, that the Lord wanted, the Lord and Mary wanted uh, the shrine, of course. Yeah. But isn't it better if the entire body of Christ gets on board? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So she uses uses the sensum fidei to uh, to move the church forward in a way that perhaps it would not be able to. I mean, you might mm-hmm. you know, dig into some good reasons there. But anyway, he says you got the wrong one. You got the wrong, <laughs> you got guy. The wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. I'm not the right guy. And Mary, her response is, "No, I have the right guy. <laughs> I have the right guy. And why are you the right guy? Because I chose you. Because I said so. <laughs> because I said so." <laughs> And I think, once again, another principle, we're talking about Advent and expectation. God doesn't choose us because we're particularly gifts, gifted. He gifts us, right? Right. <laughs> because he calls us, right? In other words, mm-hmm. the call comes first, right? Yeah. We're, we're, our call is not because of something, right? right? Uh, we are gifted because we are called, right? The yeah. call is the cause. The call comes first. The yes. gifts come second. Right? That's right. That's right. And so she's like, I didn't choose you because you're politically or financially or somehow otherwise advantaged to make this happen. I chose you because precisely because you can't make it happen of your own accord. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you're the one I want. I've chosen. Yeah. And this is so her. Yeah. It's so her. Fatima, Lord's here. Yeah. It's all. And so what we can expect in these next few weeks as we prepare for Advent for the Lord to choose us to do something Mm -hmm. Outside of our comfort zone. Right. Outside of, a, for which when we feel the Lord pushing us this way, or Lady pushing us this way in terms of when our prayer time, in terms of just what even daily circumstance, or maybe vocationally in terms of our family or our job, or just where our friendships or mm-hmm. relationships are taking us, we have those moments where we think, Lord, I'm not the right one. Right? Yeah. You got the wrong person, right? And yeah. that's precisely when we should be open to expect the Lord say, Precisely. Nope, you're the right one. Yeah, we're gonna go for it. So, so that's that's the first day, a beautiful first day, which brings those sense of uh, kind of the idea of what vocation is all about. The call comes first, and that it's for us just to be open to listen to receive that. So, yeah. so next day, December uh, tenth on a okay. Sunday. Mm-hmm. By the way, fifteen thirty one has exactly this correlation between the uh, the days and the days of the week. So this year, oh. Saturday is the ninth. Sunday, yeah. Sunday was the 10th. Today is the 11th, and tomorrow will be the 12th. It's the same as 1531. Ah, so yeah. it actually happened, the, the Great Revelation happened on a Tuesday. Yeah, on a Tuesday. Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah, so, so anyway, Sunday. Now we go to Sunday. Okay. Um, and so he goes back to the bishop I- in the morning, and uh, this time uh, he does get an, I guess, I guess if you come back to the bishop the next day, he's faced with a choice. <laughs> <laughs> either either leave this guy in the lobby, but like like the persistent woman in, yes. in the gospel who, you know, won't go away. The, the, he won't be put off. And so the bishop at least has to, you know, take give him, him to Tennessee. Yeah, he's got to give him FaceTime. So he's got to get gets a little FaceTime. He makes the request known. And this is the part that I really, I really can empathize with the bishop, mm-hmm. but really in terms of pastoral strategy, uh, really kind of tip my hat to him because he does exactly the, the, the thing you'd, you'd always want to do in terms of leadership or, or guidance. He probably, no doubt, thinks that uh, Juan is, uh, you know... Having, probably thinks he's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Let's put yeah. it not too delicate. Let's just say it as it is. He yeah. probably thinks he's crazy. Um, but he he still listens and he says, well, okay, that's, I hear what you're saying. I want a sign. 
I want yeah, to sign. He wants to sign. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, has extraordinary has to prove the extraordinary is actually happening, right? Um, not the uh, not to say that, um, not to say not to say that not to not to say no, no. It's, yeah. it's exactly. It's not not to say that. Um, we believe because we have signs, but that signs give that sense of, of confirmation, right. right? They're not the right. reason we believe, but they give support to why we believe. So the bishop, once again, very insightful, very, very prudent, um, himself says, okay, maybe I don't believe it, maybe I don't know, but let, let me just name that I know. I'm still open yeah, to... Yeah, I know what I don't know, <laughs> yeah. or at least I'm open to that possibility. And so if, 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 the, if you can prove or show somehow that this is real mm-hmm. in in a way then then let's let's come back and and discuss and yeah. so i think that's a that's a it's a good way to it's, once again it's you'll know something by it's it's gospel right yeah how does jesus says how do you know something by its roots yep it, well, well, what kind of effects is it producing and and I, once again this is a uh once again, we're going to be referring this at every point back to advent and that season mm-hmm. of expectation that there's a way in which if god's calling us out of our comfort zone as we mentioned before like one we can ask God to, to confirm that. God doesn't just call us once and leave it at that or right. push us or nudge us in a certain direction and it's just going to be a solitary moment. He's going to confirm through other people, through other circumstances. Mm-hmm. We're going to, it's like when you learn a new word. Right. Right. <laughs> and then all of yeah. a sudden you hear it like all the time. Yeah. Like the next yeah. day or the next week or something. You're like, oh, am I just more open to hear that word or am I really learning it? Or, you know, there's. Or was like, it always there? Exactly. Right? And, I, and yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. The Lord confirms things like that. So, so anyway, he, that's where the, the bishop's response is okay, I want to sign. So he goes back, um, going home again, Juan Diego, meets uh, the Virgin again and this young lady and says, um, okay, but we're going to, I'm, the, the bishop heard me. He's open to it. We need a sign. And Mary does something very interesting here. She says, okay, come back tomorrow. Come back the next day. Yeah. And once again, you think to yourself, okay, well, I mean, you got this far. It's almost a mira- mira- you know, miraculous she got this right, far. Right, right. It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. Give him the sign. What are you waiting for? Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where I was expecting, it's like, okay, is she going to make some cakes and then... <laughs> Then the next morning, here are your case. Now just go over down to the bishop's house or something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're not sure what what, what you, I mean. The possibilities were at that moment, but whatever the possibilities, what, what, you know, does she need time for? Like you said, yeah. For, why for does she need all that time? Well, why do you need another day? Like what 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 miracle or what sign mm-hmm. needs a day to wait that couldn't be just revealed right then? And he could be go right back to the bishop, and we get mm-hmm. we see, we kind of seal the deal. Yeah. Right. And for me, once again, I think there's a spiritual principle at work mm-hmm. that's beyond the kind of obvious or surface that when it comes to seeking signs or seeing confirmation, they're not on our time schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God's will doesn't run by our convenience. Yes. Right. God always teaches us more patience and more humility. Right? Exactly. So. so so as part of our vocation, part of mm-hmm. our process or part of our, our call is always going to include process. It's always right. going to include patience and perseverance. And frankly, if we begin to act in ways where we don't have to wait for our Lord, we've got to be careful that it's really our Lord who's directing us. Right. Right. In other mm-hmm. words, if God seems to be answering every question, every challenge, blessing that is set every particular moment without a sense of having to wait, maybe that's not exactly the Lord yeah. who's directing us. If it's True. coming too easy, right? Now, yes. that's not to say the Lord doesn't generously bless us, and especially those moments, especially mm-hmm. when we're new to the faith or where the Lord is really encouraging us, we have... Right certain glory stories that would that, that kind of come 
fast and furious, but there is a way in which we can expect, once this goes back to that joyful yeah. expectation of Advent, that patience and perseverance right. are essential ingredients mm-hmm. in the recipe for divine signs, divine yeah. presence. Yeah. And from a human point of view, too, Juan Diego, he must have been probably a little exasperated, too. It's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. You want me here. <sighs> okay, fine. All right. Come back want, again. And I, have to, I still have to do this. Uh, uh, okay. You know? It's like, Lord, teach me patience. Uh, but, and can you tomorrow. hurry up about it? Yeah. yeah. Well, or no, no, can you hurry up about it? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's like, I want to teach you patience. And our first reaction is, how long is that going to take? take? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm open. I'm, I'm ready for patience. I just, how long is it going to be? Yeah. How long is it going to take? <laughs> so, 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 so that's day two. So we've got, I guess, I guess we've, we've, we've come along in two days. So there's a right. t- second day. Uh, next day, uh, Monday, the 11th. Uh, today, um, fifteen thirty-one, uh, he doesn't go out, and he goes doesn't yeah. go out for for very good reason. His his uh, his uncle, uh, Juan Bernardino, is is sick. ill. Yeah, and in fact, is not just ill in a kind of a daily way, but but ill unto death. He's sick unto death. He has a kind of grievous uh, malady, mm-hmm. and so Juan stays to care for him and be right. at his bedside and attend to him and. Uh, be with him, and so he doesn't go, and and no doubt he's he's conflicted, right? Right. I right. mean, he's got this kind of project that this uh, miraculous woman is is giving him. The, he had the end on the bishop, but he attends to his his uncle first and foremost, the man who received them into the faith, yep. practically raised them. He's Ex- dying, right? Exactly. So, so yeah, and, and being and a dutiful son. Yeah, and they, once again, this is that sense of of putting first things first, and and no doubt it, he felt his own family obligation was was to his uncle, and yeah. so he did. Now, uh, early in the morning, so this is so that that's all Monday, and then Tuesday morning, uh, this is, right. is still kind of in the, in the dead of night, in the early early vestiges of the morning. He realizes that his uncle is actually going to die. Right. And as a good Catholic, when you get to this place, what do you do? Call the priest. Call the priest. Yeah. Get the, the sacraments. Sac- sacraments, exactly. Yeah. Get that viaticum, which is that, that food for the journey, if, if possible. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he sets off. Uh, this is one delightful. I love this. Uh, I know this, this detail of the story. <laughs> so he knows the quickest way and the surest way around the mountain um, to get to Mexico City, to get to the place where he can summon a priest. But he really does not want to be waylaid with this mission. No, I don't have time. I have to go. I'll go the long way. (laughs) I don't have time. So he goes a long way around the the mountain. I love it. He goes all (laughs) the way around. It takes longer just to avoid having to meet this woman, to meet this young lady, to have to continue this mission. You know, that will wait. And, you know, in all reasonableness, my uncle's dying. Time is of the essence. It. Exactly. It's I like what I would. I'm okay with that. It's so human. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. You know, if if I if I was getting, you know, not that I would, but if it, if there was something like this, I most definitely, you better would have believed, yeah. would go a long way around the around exactly. the to get to do avoid. So total avoidance, and yet, and here's the real, yeah. here's the real central. This is the gravity of it. Right. Right. Some of the most beautiful words of Our Lady on mm-hmm. record as he comes around the mountain. She's there. Yeah, <laughs> he can't avoid intercepts. Her. Boom. Yeah, done. intercepts and, and calls him. <laughs> calls him up towards the the, the the kind of the side of the mountain where she is, and she says, "You know, Juanito." Once again, yes. She goes, "You know, my little Dieguito." I know. You know, oh. she it's so tenderly oh, guilt, guilt, yeah, guilt, <laughs> guilt, <laughs> but also so so affection. This is where that maternal kind of right, and that, that real right. sense of care and compassion. And and here's I just I'll just quote it because I just I love this um this. Uh, moments 
words of Our Lady speaking not only to Juan Diego, but as you hear these his words, imagine Our Lady speaking directly to you. Because mm-hmm. I, when I hear these words, I, I open my heart to hear um, Our Blessed Mother speaking directly to me in right. my heart. She says uh, to each one of us in, the, in terms of the story, listen and understand, my dearest child. There is nothing to frighten or distress you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Let nothing upset you. Am I not your mother who is right here? Are you not under my protection? Are you not in my care? Do not let anything distress you. I love that. It's beautiful. (laughs) Every time I get to a moment in life where I'm just like, Oh boy, or is it too much to handle? You know, you feel, yeah. I just, I love those words are such, am I not your mother? Am I not your mother? Right? Yeah. I, that, that just, that really, mm. it's a way of being grounded and, and hearing those those affectionate and, and encouraging words. Um, she then goes on to say, you know, don't worry about your uncle. Um, he's, I'm going to cure him. Uh, let's get back to business. <laughs> get to work. <laughs> let's get to work. I got the, I got your uncle. You go over to the bishop. Exactly. exactly. I'll meet you here in a couple days. Yeah. And, so, and so she sends him up the mountain uh, and says, um, go pick these uh, these flowers yeah. of various kinds. He gets up there, and what does he find? He finds... Castilian roses. Castilian, which, which are out of place mm-hmm. and out of season. Out of season. Right? So yeah. they, they shouldn't be there. They're from Castile, which is where? The place where... Yeah, it's in Spain. It's, it's in where Spain. Uh, the bishop's from. Exactly. So, so, so he would recognize it right off the top of the. Yeah. Exactly. It would. It would. It would be like you know. It would be like if Mary, if if Mary sent you know, um, your your the favorite the, the your favorite uh, homemade dish from the right. home country, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, yeah. So. <laughs> it's like which you don't see anywhere else. So it's like so roses it's not in a yeah. place where it's not supposed to. be. Exactly. Right? Roses that aren't supposed to be there at a time of year. Even in Spain, they don't grow the uh, you know at this. Yeah, it doesn't time. grow this time. Yeah. So he gathers all the roses up in his in his uh, tilma. That is just uh, it would be kind of a scapular, kind of his his um his clothing. His outer garment. Yeah. His outer garment, exactly. His jacket, whatever. Yeah, basically, kind of a carrying, uh, which reference in the gospel when, 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 when um, the Lord says, you know, that, that I will give you abundance of blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Gathered up into the hem of your garment, you know, and when you, when you have these flowing clothes uh, that different um, cultures have, you can almost use them as carrying, instruments right. for carrying things. Mm-hmm. So he's carrying these roses. He sent off to the bishop. And I just think about his mindset, right, at this moment. He's probably thinking, Oh, sweet. You know, I, I, you know, my uncle, hopefully I'm going to trust is being taken yeah. care of. The bishop is on board. If I have a sign, I have like this ultimate sign. These strange roses or flowers yeah. that I have are going to like seal the deal. And then I can just step out of the way. And of course he goes, yeah. he goes to the bishop. He says, you know, he summons him and says, I've got the sign. No doubt yeah. the bishop is no But he has curious. to wait all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. He's not received immediately. Yeah. I like that part of the story yeah. too. You guys got a, more waiting. Yeah. You know, <laughs> more waiting. Yeah. Reference Advent. More yeah. waiting. More waiting. Um, but he goes to the bishop, and as he, I just think that moment when 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 he kind of he he lets uh, the tilma uh, drop and the roses, the roses come fall out. out, and in that moment, the bishop and all attending have this gasp. Yeah. And it's not for the roses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not for the roses. What is it? Who cares for? about the roses? Exactly. At this point, <laughs> his tilma has been transformed. transformed. Yeah. Right, and so there's an image of the lady that he saw, uh, miraculously emblazoned or now mm-hmm. set in on his tilma. Yeah. 
it just it's a, it's a really uh, you know it is it is Our Lady of Guadalupe as we yeah. know it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, some folks might look at that and say, oh, that's a nice painting. It's a kind of a cultural yeah. expression. No, no, the the tilma that is the outer garment of uh, this native uh, who experienced this encounter with Our Lady has on his clothing imprinted right. Mary, and so it's the only image of Our Lady which is given from heaven or yeah. given by Our Lady, right? Mm-hmm. In, in some ways, it's almost not not to say exactly, but just as we have divine revelation, right. which is you know human words, but divinely inspired and mm-hmm. communicating uh, God's truth to us. This is, as far as I know, you've got the Shroud of Turin, maybe, yeah. you know, kind of an image of ours, but in a special way, right. you have our, this image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the, the Tilma, yeah. uh, which is not, an artist's rendition of something that uh, that in uh, someone has seen an apparition, yeah. but the direct, yeah, it's the direct, the, the direct image as such. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. and and so I go back to so once again that spiritual principle for a Juan that he thinks the sign is going to be the roses. Yeah. Right. And yet, so he's not even even though he's the messenger. Mm-hmm. The fruit or the sign of what he's messaging goes beyond what he thinks he's conveying. Right. right. That makes sense because I, yeah. I I love that. It, it said for me for me uh, in my own vocation and called to be a preacher. It says to me that the Lord can call me to to preach to evangelize, but the fruit of that yeah is going to go well beyond anything beyond. I can imagine. Right. So well beyond. Yeah. And for for all of us who are called to evangelize, we're all mm-hmm. called to evangelize. Whatever goodness or whatever word we're called to give to someone else, whatever blessing we're meant to communicate, we know it's the Lord if what? It goes beyond our own expectation. Yeah, exactly. And that's the wonderful yeah. thing. As we joyfully wait for the Lord to come this Advent, we can expect that what we're going to receive is different than an expectation. Right. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond that expectation. Is exactly. In a sense, um, <laughs> in a sense uh, thrilling in, the, in, the, in that way that the Lord has something, God's dreams for us or, or God's plan for us and Mary's mm-hmm. plan for mm-hmm. one went beyond what he thought the sign would be. Right. So I just, right. I, I love that, that part that it even surprised <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> one, right? Yeah. In that way, in, the, in, that, in that message. And, and it should go without saying that Mary does uh, appear to... Um, his uncle as well, when he's in his infirmity, Juan Bernardino, right. and says, not only are you going to get well, but I want you too to be a living sign. Your right. recovery will be a sign of mm-hmm. my presence and the needfulness to build this um, this place, this sanctuary right. for peace and, and unity here in the new world. I, my, yeah. my son wants to live in the new world, right, yes. as, as the old world is 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 rife with strife and, and reformations and, and counter-reforms and, and renewal. I want to establish a foothold right. here in the new exactly. world, right here in this place, and I want you to be a living sign of it. Yeah. So, so. but let's talk it. about the Tilma, though, because it's just yeah. such an interesting, written by heaven, written by the hand of heaven. Yeah. So it's it's a divine artifice, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a divine art. Um, yeah. So so a few things. Maybe I didn't mention some different different properties of it. First of all, it's just. It, well, what is it? it? It's the tilma. So it's yeah. it's 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 made of. Um, they've done a little studies on it, but it's it's made of hemp or some you know cactus. Right. It's, it's it's fibrous in its very origin, and it's not it's not. I mean, it's the size of one wasn't a particularly 
tall person as a native, so it's yeah. it's it's not huge. In fact, in fact, the the tilma replication that we have here at St. Dominic's is uh, exact size. That's mm. that's how big okay. it is. So we yeah. so if you imagine, I I know when I visited, <laughs> I was expecting. Oh, you've I, been there. Yeah, okay. so I, I bet. Yeah, so it, and well, let's all say this too: the the tilma itself um, has this kind of magnetic property. It is the by far and away the most visited Catholic shrine in the world, right. period, mm-hmm. right. period, and the third most in the whole world. Mm-hmm. So as in terms of it, if you've been there, you get that sense because it is just, er, here comes everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a stream of stream of applause. But, but it's, this, it's, it's the tilma itself is, uh, is the outer garment of this uh, native. And for the first 100 and almost 20 years of its existence, it was just exposed to the elements. The bishop put up on us in his chapel when yeah. it, when the when it was constructed. The basilica was constructed. It was just hung there in the open air. In the open air, and in terms of the natural decay of such garments, fifteen twenty years tops. Yeah. In fact, the very first uh, replications of it, in other words, people painting images of the tilma yeah. that were set, sent to different various places. Yeah. They all. And this is paintings. They were trying to preserve them. They're they all they're all they're they're all gone. They're all decayed with with within twenty to fifty years. They're all gone. So we we have not only do we have uh, nothing from that time period as intact as a tilma, we don't even have replications of the original that are anywhere near intact. So you're saying that the very fact that the tilma still exists is in itself a miracle. It's a miracle yeah. of miracles. Yeah the, yeah, the very existence of the thing just yeah. shouldn't happen. There's no, even though it's under glass now and they take special care to protect it, the fact of the matter is we have nothing that is as intact, divine or otherwise, just right. garments. Like it, it, it's no, garment, no, yeah. one, no, no one, No one has clothing from that time period except in little fragment maybe mm-hmm. or vestiges. We don't have a whole cloth you know, example of anything. So that's the first thing. First of all, it still exists. That yeah. it exists is a miracle, and the condition it is. Uh, number two, and this is this is um, what comes up if you look at, at at these things. The garment itself, the tilma itself, is living. And what do I mean it's by living. that? Yeah, it's living. It has properties of 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 a, of a living entity, of a living person. And and here's wow. that sounds kind of strange. Let, yeah, let, let, yeah. Let me yeah. Let, let me break that down. First of all, just in terms of feel, there have been four moments that they've allowed study of the tilma, mm-hmm. and to the touch, uh, they've allowed them to to touch the, the outer kind of edges of uh, that are not on the image are rough and kind mm-hmm. of have a coarse fibrous nature. The image anywhere that Mary's image is is a uh, silky to the touch. That is, and it's kind of, so it's wow. and and through infrared, if you measure the temperature of it, is a constant ninety eight point six degrees Fahrenheit. Body temperature. Body temperature. That is absolutely amazing. So, so you're saying that? Uh, so that's what you mean by it's a living image. The very fact that it has the um, <laughs> parallel temperature of. Yeah. Any human being. Exactly, yeah. So it almost like radiates that kind of warmth. So it has warmth to it. Um, it there was another study uh, in, in, the, in the 70s, uh, or maybe even the early 80s, where someone looked at the, did a kind of analysis uh, from a perspective of a doctor mm-hmm. on that and saw that um, the cord, the black cord that's tied around um, uh, Mary, who's, who's imaged, right. once again, we haven't actually described the image, but it's of a Native American a princess right. Who's shrouded in um, very almost like from the Book of Revelation mm-hmm. with with the stars and this kind of veil yeah. with the stars standing on the moon, 
and the star and the sun's around her. Um, she, she's with her eyes downcast, but she's she's uh, pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in terms of the dimensions of uh, of her person and her womb, and uh, the doctor in, in saying the different dimensions of based on her height uh, would be that she would be nearly due. That is, she would be expected to be give birth in the next two weeks or so, plus or minus. So December twelfth. Yep. Plus fourteen days. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting right there. So so in other Christmas words, it's, it's, yeah. it's it is it's it is anthropologically accurate. Exactly. <laughs> it has a kind of and in fact, um, and this goes back to the living thing as as, as well. They've studied the property of the eyes oh. of, of Mary. So mm-hmm. her her eyes are are, are um, nearly shut. They're not like wide open. But you can see there, there's they're, they are still they're open. They're, they're not mm-hmm. all going to shut. And they've they've magnified the eyes and honed in on them. And there are actual reflections. Uh, there's a, a principle of, of our eye that is yeah. able to the, whatever we see because the eye is a as as an instrument of sight. The eye mm-hmm. doesn't see. The eye is the instrument of sight, right? Yeah. And so there's a reflection. It's actually upside down. The brain corrects it. And so what you have in the image is upside down, like characters. a human eye. Exactly like a human yeah. eye. It acts like it's a yeah. real human eye. And it has, in fact, um, the expression of the bishop. You see one one figure in the in the in the in the kind of center, and then which is some people around it. Yeah. But but it's as if, as one unfurled the tilma, the lasting image of Our Lady's eyes. What she sees is the expression of faith and utter astonishment and surprise. Okay. Of, of Bishop Samaranga and exactly. whoever else was in that room exactly. at that moment. At that moment, that's why it's living. Yeah, that is amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. And the uh, very fact that y- they had the technology that we now have the technology to look into the eye. Yeah, they didn't have this 500 years ago. Exactly to and, replicate this. And, and, in yeah. other words, even if we're a painting, once again, they've done all kinds of infrared. They, they, they've proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that it can't be a fake, and that there's not really even the greatest skeptics of it can't really tell you how it's produced. But little right. details like that tell you that. Wow, there's no way they were thinking at that at that really granular level. In fact, in fact, here's another point to, to that: that um, early on they thought there were certain mistakes, quote unquote mistakes, because some of the imagery around Our Lady was not Spanish; it was native. But the Spanish didn't know anything about the name. So when it came mm-hmm. to the New World, this because this image didn't stay uh, stay here; it made it made kind of the, the rounds, and people saw it and they thought, oh, whoever wherever this came from. There's some real glaring mistakes because you wouldn't, Mary wouldn't, you know, uh, reveal herself in this kind of non-Spanish way. If she, it looks like they, they assumed it was be a Spanish motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in other words, if you're going to propagate a kind of fraud, you would do it in a way that people would naturally be conversant with because your mind will take the shortcut towards, oh, the Lord speaking in my yeah. language. You know, you know, if there's a vision, you expect the Lord to speak in English, right? Because <laughs> he's right. kind of a communicator. Right. But no, he, the, the, the image is of things that we're only finding out now or in contemporary age mm-hmm. would have been um, resonant for the natives of the time. Right. And the natives wouldn't have been, have been there to kind of break that down or communicate that. It was the yeah. Spanish who were, you know, were taking this on. And so, so once again, it, it, the quote-unquote mistakes that were, were made were actually insights that those who would have propagated such a fraud would not have had access to. Right. Right. They right. wouldn't have just known these were ancient you know, um, symbols and myths and legends around mm-hmm. kind of native princesses and, and, that, and that kind of thing. So that, that's really cool too. And then finally, the living quality is just that, as as you say, it, it it's been around and there's been several 
opportunities for it not to be around. Right. So there right. was uh, once they once they put it under glass, they they clean it from time to time. And there was a a great accident where uh, the chemical uh, nitric acid or something was spilled and it got underneath the tilma and actually the tilma um, uh, was blackened on mm. on the right of it. And since then, it's faded. It's almost like it, it kind of, you know, like when the body, the body's, yeah. you know, if you get cut, you know, yeah. the body will heal itself. Yeah. Not not the outer part, but the part where the image was, yeah. was singed or kind of has been rest- is restored. It is, it has, so there's it is, no, yeah, there's no, no evidence. No evidence. It's almost like Amazing. there's a kind of immunity to, to it. Wow. And then the, the, the final one, which is really, and if you've mm-hmm. been there, you've seen the crucifix there. There was an attempt uh, to blow it up. Right. In, in the in the early 1920s, where someone planted a bomb in a in a vase and then presented this this vase of flowers in front of the statue, and it blew everything away that was in sight, and it, including this uh, metal crucifix, which right. if you go to our lady, what we say it is impossibly contorted. I mean, it would be it's just mm. the dynamite was real, and whatever yeah. whatever caused that disfiguration of that crucifix was a powerful, impactful moment. Did not. Break even break the glass. Didn't break it was the perfectly glass. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Wow. Survived a, a very proximate bombing like that way. So, so just the fact that it's around, the fact that it has all of these uh, properties to it, it, really, once again, it's not the reason we believe, but it confirms for us that what Mary's all about—that she wants us to be instruments of God's peace, proclaiming that sense of uh, to not let culture kind of opposite culture get in the way, but be a, a source of, of unification and, and, and of her blessing in every way. Yeah. I mean, but, um, lastly, before we um, running out of time here, Father Michael, uh, the, um, what have been the fruits of the image? Because it's such a well-known image, but, um, you know, a, a movement is known by its fruits. So what have been the fruits that have um, happened since the, uh, the, the revelation of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the image. Yeah, so they, they of course there's the the original basilica built that's there right. today, but you know it took at, at this point it had taken you know so many years as I mentioned at the beginning for the faith to try to just slowly make a kind right. of a beachhead into the natives. Well, within ten years, I think like seven yeah. or eight years, nine million, nine million, nine million natives come to the faith, and that right. is basically if you if you do the math. Basically, you know, Pentecost, there were 5,000 mm-hmm. added to the number. It was literally a Pentecost every day for about 10 years. It's amazing. Isn't that amazing? So we think Pentecost yeah. is big moments, the birth of the church. Like, yeah. you know, all these people in Jerusalem, 5,000 people. Yeah. Imagine, you know, uh, imagine a stadium, a 5,000, you know, you, you go down to the to the, to the, um, yeah. uh, the theater downtown, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, you pack that theater every day yeah. and everyone's converted. Yeah. Next day, everyone's converted. Next day, I mean, nine million people. Yeah. It's a, I mean, that's they, a lot of baptism water. It's a lot of <laughs> someone's arms getting tired. Yeah. <laughs> no, Father, it, Son, it, Holy Spirit. Next, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They were just baptisms on moss. Yeah. Just, just they. That, all of a sudden, the Franciscans had more, more than they could handle. They had a really good problem. On they their hands. had a good problem on their hands. Like, whoever yes. is taking the, I, I, well, not only the Woo. priest, but but who is the administrative st- staff making all those baptismal documents? Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. Ooh. No, you have to. Enter yeah, that's a nice, that's a legitimate question. No, because <laughs> all those are recorded. That we, you know, you've yeah, got because you got to keep the baptismal ledger. As Catholics, we're good right. at keeping at keeping records. That we no, but we have these are the these are the statistics. And there has never been before or after in the history of Christianity yeah. um, a more powerfully evangelical moment. There's never been yeah. so many people so thoroughly come to the faith and be. In, 
acculturated into yeah. the faith as Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. She, there's there's no other there's no other parallel. Yeah. I mean, Lords. I mean, you can mention any any apparition you want or any moment you yeah. want. It hasn't had the widespread effect, even not only transforming all of the New World. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's you go down, you go, you go down to Mexico. I, when I when I went on that little mission down to Oaxaca uh-huh. briefly, you had people, and they weren't they they, they just they identified themselves as you know Guadalupeans, right? She right. was right. exactly. Right. Right. You know, they they identify with our mom. And then she leads us to her son, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so they're Christian, but you know, don't so much so that yeah. the evangelical Protestants mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I met down there, yeah, they have an image of Our Lady Guadalupe right there. They mm-hmm. do. It's great. <laughs> it's it's right on the entrance. Wonderful. It yeah. makes it, it makes it hard because I, I remember going in. and I thought, oh, this must be Catholic because uh, you know, Our yeah. Lady Guadalupe. No, it no. wasn't Catholic because they know they're, they're not getting their first base yeah. in preaching unless they have mom right there. Exactly. exactly. So yeah. I mean, it's like no other image or devotion or any it goes beyond that right yeah has had a powerful evangelical moment literally a pentecost every, every day, day almost 10 years i mean we it. talk about saint paul being uh, the greatest evangelist that the church has seen but really yeah. i mean in context of this i mean really um the blessed mother oh, really takes yeah, it, yeah. I mean, this, really this, takes it home right never been yeah. a moment like it unique yeah. moment is yeah. one of the one of the transformative moments in all of human history yeah. Yeah. What was this time period we're talking about? Yeah. Uh, just, just to find, and even, even going yeah. to the new world or going yeah. back to the old Go, world too. About the old world too. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was one of my thing, one of the wonderful things I found out in my own research about this feast is the fact that at our lady, okay, so our lady Guadalupe, fifteen thirty one. Yep. Forty years later is what. Battle of Lepanto. Lepanto. Yep. You know, so I mean, so the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe is so powerful, goes back to the old world, yep. and is on the ships um, that from the from the uh, the Catholic fleet that the Holy uh, that battles Lepanto, and she again saves the day and she saves Christendom. Um, yeah, no, so just an amazing moment. Exactly. So not only, like I said, the, the, the sense of this new world evangelism, mm-hmm. but what's happening in Europe? Well, you've got the split of the Protestant Reformation, right? But then you have the the Muslims, right? You've got right. you got the Turks coming up, and as you say, that Battle of Lepanto, which occasions the Dominican Pope Pope Pius the Fifth. That's right. To ask all of Christendom to pray the Rosary. Exactly. Right. And, so. and if you want more on that, there's an we've got an earlier Potter on Our Lady of the Rosary. I know that was the first one I was on here with <laughs> you, wasn't was, it? Exactly. No, that that was that, that's right. I had you uh, as in your capacity. I was a mere rosary. guest. You were a mere guest at that point. We, well, it had not evolved. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> You're getting better. Yeah, exactly. No, so we had that. So reference that 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 previous uh, podcast. But but to think that well, think about it. that that battle is really a turning point in the preservation of mm-hmm. Christendom and many of the flags that were flown on those ships. Uh, there was a whole squadron that flew the flag of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Right. In mm-hmm. other words, she was present at that, and from uh, at that battle, and yeah. it says she was part of that conquest or that, mm-hmm. that, that protection. Mm-hmm. Am I not your mother? Yes. Am I not Am I here? Am I not your mother? Are you not under my protection? Are you not in my care? Huh? Oh, I yeah. love those words. They're right oh, there, Lepanto. Yeah. And so then, what is what is a Pius the Fifth declare the feast of Our Lady of Rosary, Our Lady of Victory, Our Lady of Victory. So yes. Guadalupe is, in yeah. some sense, connected to Our Lady of the Rosary, mm-hmm. which for me comes full circle in our right. province. Why? Well, because uh, 
because uh, not too long ago, yeah. in this very church, yep. the Western Dominican province was consecrated to Our Lady Guadalupe. So. June 23rd, 2011. My goodness. It's great that you remember that day. I, I do. I know that day. I'm for not me- that good. For, no. for, for, well, for many reasons, I remember that I'm day. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. June, well, you preached the Mass. So, I did. I preached yeah. that Mass. So I, was, I, I preached on Our Lady Guadalupe because I, she, she's... And like I, I, we referenced, I think, last the last podcast, this being the second mm-hmm. part of, of these two parts of Marian Expectation and Hope of Advent. Uh, we're all there. Once again, we all have our little tapers, our, our candles, yeah, mm-hmm. Father Felix and all of that. I, 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 I couldn't but see some of those friars who were elderly, who have since uh, deceased, but see them almost in the place of Juan Bernardino, you know, right. you know yeah. Juan Diego's uh, so uncle. And there they were. We're all surrounded, some on walkers, some, you know, who are, who are kind of sure. struggling a bit, but they all, we all are holding our little taper, our little right. candles. And as Father Mark is praying that prayer of consecration, mm-hmm. you know, to Our Lady to, to protect our province, to be our special mother for our preaching and all the mission that the Lord calls us to through Our Lady. Mm-hmm. There were, in a sense, all the living expression of, of yeah. the, our, our, the preachers of the West Coast. Am I not your mother? Am I not your mother? Yeah. I love that. I, I, I feel like it's just, just end on those words. Am I not your mother? In a way, she is the one who's going to guide us. And so we have a very special talk uh, coming up on, on Tuesday evening, which everyone is invited to. And I tell you, if you want to know more about our Latter Guadalupe, this um, person is, uh, he is a, an internationally known speaker. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's going to speak about yeah. that. On December 12th at 7.30 in the main church, Luis Fernando Casaneda will be talking about uh, the, the image and the iconography of the image and how that truly relates to where um, that part of the world, what that part of the continent actually was politically, socially, religiously. It's going to be fantastic yeah I can't, I can't wait i mean i just scratched it i just I, what we gave you today was just uh, just scratching the surface you know, he's gonna go exactly, deep yeah. dive and it's it just the, the deeper you dive into the tilma the just the more awesome it is yes, it's just yeah. awe and uh, astonishment and surprise and truly preparation yes. for the coming of her son for the so great always does. great this beautiful season of advent which leads us to the great solemnity of christmas Wow, I think we <laughs> we love talking about we did Mary. it again. We did it again. <laughs> I, I think we're we're we're, all, we're we're nearing the hour mark. I don't know where exactly we are, but we, we we've done it again. We did it again. I Mario has uh, our executive producer, which who is a wonderful man, is probably <laughs> reeling right now. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but he's out, named after mom too. So there you yeah. go. Exactly. So Father Michael, I mean, at the end of this time, take us out. So may all that we do, especially as we eagerly expect and anticipate the coming of Christ born afresh in our hearts, may we truly radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen.